right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Universal Basic Podcast with Chris Proya. I am the co-host for this series. I am Dr. Cindy Banier, and I'm so happy to be joined here with our host, Chris Proya. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm doing fantastic, Cindy. How you doing? Just another day in the dumpster fire that is the fascist state of Florida. I hear that, but hopefully we could, uh, with our subject today, we can talk some people into helping change and make this dumpster fire not a dumpster fire anymore. You yeah, we got to I mean? put out the dumpster fire. <laughs> yeah. So today we're going to be talking about reasons that people should be running for public office. And I'm actually going to throw in some reasons that you might want to consider. If you are considering running, maybe you should have a second thought. So we're going to do a little bit of both. That way people can get fully informed about reasons they should, maybe should run for public office today. All right. Great. Sounds good. Where are we starting? Let's start with the number one reason to run for public office. Most everybody wants to do this right now. Making a difference. Running for public office will give you an unparalleled opportunity to make a tangible and lasting difference in your community, your city, your state, or even in the whole nation. As an elected official, you have the power to shape policies, enact legislation, implement programs that can address the pressing issues facing the constituents, whether it be like improving education or improving health care, making sure infrastructure projects get done, enact social services that would be helpful for everybody or basically just being in a position to allow you to directly influence positive change. Yeah, that's a great point. I always like to talk about this with my students when I teach American government too. I'm really big on making sure that people are are thinking of the right office for the issue that gets them going too, right? So if you are, you got a pothole in your road or something, right? You got a terrible infrastructure, terrible intersection where there should be a sidewalk. You should really be thinking about city council instead of Congress. So what do you think about that? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I've always been more focused on the national issues. So that's why I'm running more for state senator as, instead of like, locally because I'm more versed in that kind of thing. But yeah, definitely if you're concerned with your local area, you should definitely run for a city councilman or something like that. And then the bigger issues require higher up. Yeah. Just different levels. Now, one of the things I was thinking about was public service. It's really an act of selfless service to the community and the residents. It offers a chance to give back and contribute to the betterment of society. Public officials have a responsibility to represent the interests and needs of their constituents and work towards creating a society that is fair, just, and inclusive. By running for office, people will commit themselves to the greater good and dedicate their time and energy solely to improving the lives of others. Yeah, Um, that's 100% right. Yeah, this really hits me because I've always had thoughts about how I can best serve my community rather than just run being in, I've always been like a laborer, you know, driver, not really doing anything that helps people. And I was always thinking, how could I be in a better position to help people and make their lives better? 
So you were thinking yeah. about public service. And I think what you're saying is really important because unfortunately, like what we have in Florida, a lot of times are people who are running for office for the wrong reasons. They're running because they see an ability to make money for themselves because maybe they want to have some power. Maybe they're just climbing a ladder. I think of Byron Donalds here, who is in Congress right now. He's clearly got higher aspirations. Some people are saying he wants to run for governor. Some people say he's going for a VP pick with Trump. And right. what's interesting is he got his start as a state senator and he was doing some pretty basic old school like corruption stuff. <laughs> Actually, at the time, it was yeah. like he got elected and then he enabled school choice to open up here in the state of Florida. That was one of the biggest things. And gosh, do you know what? His wife then just started running an organization that happens to benefit and make a lot of money off of school choice. I'm sure it's a total coincidence. I'm total sure. Total coincidence, yes. It's a total coincidence <laughs> that he went to Tallahassee, made it school so school of choice could be a thing that happens. And then his wife starts a company that benefits from that. I'm, it's just totally, yeah, coincidence, I'm sure. But that's pretty classic when you're, we call it in political science, rent seeking, right? Like these organizations right. that are trying to extract money and power and resources from the federal government and the state government as well. Yeah, I definitely remember that whole uh, trying to vote in a Speaker of the House debacle and Byron Donald almost got in <laughs> one or two of the votes, didn't he? Yeah. Like, he, he didn't was, almost get in, but he was definitely... He was a player. He was a player. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, he was a player in that. And it was because he was making a stand as a far-right extremist in the Congress and because he's got those aspirations. I think that... Although I think he's a nice guy, I don't think he's a good model of a public servant. Yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah, because being in a public office definitely allows you to step into a leadership role and become a voice for the people you aim to serve. Having the opportunity to represent the interests, values, and concerns of the constituents on various platforms is really one of the main reasons to run for public office. However, if you have those other side aspirations where you're just climbing a ladder, you're really missing a whole point on one of these as far as running. Exactly. Another good reason to run for public office, man, and this is one that really hits home with me, it pro provides a platform to fight for equality, a fight for social justice, the rights of marginalized and underrepresented peoples everywhere. It's really offering an avenue to address systemic injustices, discriminatory practices, and social inequalities. By running for office, people can champion policies that actually promote equal opportunity, inclusivity, and fairness. I personally want to work towards dismantling the barriers that pre to prevent certain groups from accessing education, accessing health care, accessing fair employment and fair wages, or just a general sense of justice. We're lacking that, especially here in Florida. And public office for me is allowing me to be a catalyst for positive social change and advocate for those who've been historically marginalized. I love that. I love that point because we have our friends, you and I both have a lot of friends in the activist community. And I think yeah. that our activist friends, they 
are so passionate about their issues. And if they're fighting for abortion care or if they're fighting for visibility within the LGBTQ plus community, they're they're really passionate about that issue. And I think it's a really great point to say, hey, you can take that passion that you have for activism and move it into running for office. And I'll even go as far as to say it's it's a good thing, right? Because if you can pick an issue, one or two issues, it's not uncommon actually for people to be a champion of one specific issue and have that be the vast majority of what they talk about and get elected on that issue. And if you are bringing that kind of passion, whatever your activist space is, I think that you are already stepping in the right direction to be an amazing public servant. Absolutely. Definitely. There's several issues that ignite my passion and really make me concerned about the time, what's going on in the state. And I just really want to get in there and address these issues, climate change, affordable housing, public safety, women's rights. Being in a position of influence is going to allow me to drive these policies and initiatives that will tackle these challenges head on. And I can get all of our friends from all these different activist communities get them together and push, make sure that people hear every issue and the reasons why we need change in the state and the country for that matter. Yeah, because you know what happens, actually Florida is a really good example of this, right? There's a huge mm-hmm. activist community, particularly around women's rights and women's health care and abortion care. We know that the mm-hmm. majority of people in Florida believe that there should be safe, accessible access to abortion, right? 65% believe this should be the case. However, we have politicians that are elected to governor and in the Florida legislature that are totally going against what the vast majority of people want. And they can't be swayed because they're bought and sold by particular special interests. And you can be an amazing activist all you want. You are not going to sway those people's opinions in Tallahassee because they're there paid by somebody else's money to do the opposite of what the majority of people want. So we need people elected to carry that mantle to get and ensure that access to abortion is there. That's just one example of how you can, you cannot activist your way all the way through to policy change. You have to have political will on the inside as well. Absolutely. One of the next reasons that I was thinking about, being able to run for public office and why it's a good thing for people is running for public office is going to serve as an inspiration for future generations, especially me being 40 and not 70 or 80 or 90. We're going to demonstrate the importance of civic engagement, leadership and active participation in democracy at a younger and younger age. Man, by stepping up and offering myself as a candidate, I'm thinking that I'll be a role model for aspiring leaders and show them the power of individual actions and the ability to affect change. Commitment to public service is really going to encourage others to get involved, run for office themselves, and contribute to the betterment of this community. Yeah. And you know what they say, you when you step up and run for office too, you never know who you are going to inspire. Just by putting yourself out there, you're going to make it easier for somebody else to do that as well. So I think that's a really great point and really important. Absolutely. And uh, we talked about climbing the ladder, but I have a better 
more wholesome reason to want to run for office. Basically, it'll provide a unique opportunity to leave a lasting legacy. And that's something that's always weighed on my mind a little bit. They say you basically die two deaths. Once when you actually die and once when people stop talking about you. Mm. So for me, the policies that I'm championing, the initiatives that I'm going to spearhead and the positive changes I'm planning on bringing about is going to endure long after my term in office, long after, even if I'm alive, hopefully, by making a positive impact on my community, I want to shape the lives of individuals and leave a mark on society. So basically to leave long-term improvements in areas like we talked about before, education, healthcare, infrastructure, women's rights, environmental sustainability. And I want to leave this world and create a better future for generations to come. Yeah. Yeah. And that's great. And I think that's the aspirational part of it too. It's okay to want to contribute and to want to make a mark on this world. I do have some choice words for people who are just trying to climb the ladder and let it burn underneath them. <laughs> yeah. The ladder pullers for sure. Now we talked about the fun things. Let's talk about some of the things that people need to think about if they're really going to run for office. A lack of genuine interest, basically, like we've already talked about several times, a lot of people are primarily motivated by personal gain or prestige and instead of the desire to make a positive impact. And if that's your case, just please don't look at the chaos we're in now. <laughs> it's basically being caused by that. Mm, selfishness. Absolutely. Two big commitments here definitely going to be dealing with a lot is time commitments and financial commitments. We all know that running for office takes a tremendous amount of time and energy, long hours, frequent meetings, community events, constant engagement with the public. If you're not going to be willing to put in the time, that's, this is probably not a good idea either for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, for and sure. I will say that too, if you think about it though, that there are people that will help you. And actually I'm one of them. So you should definitely reach out to yes. me and Chris too, right? <laughs> I am so committed to getting people to run for office, especially people like the ones that Chris is describing. People who are passionate, want to make a mark. I will help you, teach you everything that I know and get you set up to run. You should not run if you're not willing to put in the effort and the time, but do not let that commitment scare you away if you're ready to do it. And don't let the financial component one. I do think that there is a personal financial component to it, but don't listen to the people like I had heard when I first started running, when I ran for Congress, somebody told me, and actually, you know what? It was actually NDTC, which is, makes it even worse. That's the National Democratic <laughs> Training Committee or whatever. But mm -hmm. somebody, one of their trainers told me that if you cannot raise $300,000 from your friends and family members alone, you shouldn't run. And I was like, holy shit, I don't know if all of my friends and family members together have $300,000 totally, you know I mean? let alone to just give to me for a political campaign that they don't understand. So don't let that, people who say shit like that, do not let that deter you. Okay. There are ways to raise money. There are ways to run a streamlined grassroots campaign. And there are people out there to help you. 
Absolutely. Those that listen to my podcast may or may not know, I actually do stand-up comedy as well. And I'm a part of a local community of comedians that we work together and band together and make sure that all of our time and all of our material is good for shows and whatnot. There's definitely different groups of people that are willing to help you along. And I'm bringing that to this campaign as well. I want to make sure that all of our local politicians that are agree with a lot of what we say have the resources they need to move forward in this and do a, a decent job for sure. One of the main things, and I was listening to misinformation earlier with Rebecca, one of the main things people definitely have to consider while running for office is your personal privacy. Holding public office is definitely going to come with a loss of this. You know, you're going to be subject to scrutiny, media attention. If you value your privacy and are uncomfortable with public visibility, maybe you want to consider helping out behind the scenes rather than being in the front. For sure. 100%. Yeah, you have yeah. to be willing to put yourself out there. You have to understand that everything that you say or do now or have said or done in the past that anybody can dig up, you're going to be held accountable for. People are going to ask you about it. People may, in a nefarious kind of way, sometimes try to dox you or discredit you or say nasty things about you. And you just have to kind of develop that thick skin to know that's going to happen. And, and then I will also, I'll just throw in a do and don't, right? If you have some things in your past, right, that you do not <laughs> necessarily want somebody to find, you, there, there are definitely companies who will help you bury it. Or God knows that our Congressman Byron Donalds has numerous felonies that he may disappear somehow. It's not like it's impossible, but you have to be prepared. So if you have something in your past, you have to be able to describe, explain, discuss it, or bury it so far or whatever. You have to have a strategy around how you're going to address that because there will be people who find it. And they will use it in all sorts of different ways. So you have to be thinking about that kind of thing. And I do want to say, I do not want to discourage anybody that may have some difficult things or challenges in their past to not ever run, but be ready to address it and be strategic about how you talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. This section here is not to discourage anybody, but it's definitely something that might open your mind to something you didn't think about. And that's why I'm trying to work in this part of it here. <laughs> so for the next two, we're going to do them together because they're the same thing. You have to be able to balance multiple perspectives and you have to realize that today's political climate is polarized. So we'll do the first one first real quick and then talk about the differences between the two. So balancing multiple perspectives, even though I am a progressive liberal Democrat, I have a different perspective personally on issues that might not be the best idea for the community as a whole. And I have to be able to take my perspective and put that to the side for what's better for the community and what most of the community wants. And so this is different than the political polarization, which is basically the other side saying, no, this is the right way to do things. And you have to be able to navigate that without being too 
basically you have to be more respectful and find common ground with the other side to find the best way through and get your point across basically. Yeah, that's a great point. I was going to say something that came to mind as you were talking about that. I think of how I discussed healthcare, especially in my first campaign. And people, even though I too am liberal, progressive, very progressive on my personal beliefs and how I would act and set up policy, I am very pragmatic when it comes to how we have to run campaigns and how we have to legislate, essentially. And as I discussed policy, I would talk about access to healthcare, equal access or increased access to healthcare. And I actually got a lot of flack from the progressives who were going like, why aren't you saying Medicare for all? Why aren't you saying Medicare for all? I said, because I'm in a super red region and people have basically said Medicare for all is, that's a no-no word. So, So I had to talk about it in a way that would resonate with folks in our community. Yeah, absolutely. My last campaign, I was definitely having that issue too, as far as trying to balance my very far leftness with what's going to get most of the Democrats excited about coming out and voting for me. That was basically my point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you have to do that. You have to talk to the people, the constituents and the folks that you want to support. You have to talk in a way that they understand and you have to be willing to serve them and you have to have that flexibility and understand. And on the polarization, I think you just got to, I don't know, I think you and I are in this vein where we're ready, like we're ready to bow up and go to war with folks, right? Like we're tired of this, like this snowflake trope. Like, we understand that it's politicized, but we're definitely Democrats that are tired of being pushed around. And so I understand the situation. But I think one of the things that is attractive to folks about Donald Trump and this kind of style that's become popular with the big man with Ron DeSantis is that they're strong, right? And they're strong. And when you're in a time of uncertainty, projecting strength is what people gravitate towards. This is like a psychological truism. And I think that, I don't know, that's where I'm at. Like, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to fight for everybody. Wherever it is, I'm fighting for the people. And I know Chris is right in there with me on that. Absolutely. And something to think about when you're talking about the projection of strength, you actually have to have personal strength and stand on your own two legs rather than attacking your enemies the way that definitely DeSantis has been doing because if you guys have not heard that last episode of misinformational talking about Andrew Gillum, Gillum, mm-hmm. Gillum. Yep. That's definitely, that was an eye opener for me and I didn't know that all of that was going on. So I would personally <laughs> recommend going and listening to that episode of misinformational for sure. Yeah, and definitely. Shout the, out on that. Cause that, what we're talking about too, it was the just the lengths that Ron DeSantis will go to to snuff out the competition and we're in a really frightening way like position right now and that's why I think it's really imperative that we get people to run for office that we get people to stand up on our principles because we're heading down a very dark and dangerous road in Florida and potentially the Mm -hmm. entire United States absolutely yeah Yep, for sure. It's almost, and I know the last three, four, five elections, people have said this, but it really feels like 
this might be the end of democracy. <laughs> we have what? an authoritarian leader that's willing to do whatever he wants to stay in power. Forget about the consequences. So it's yeah. definitely, we got to get the extremist Republicans out of there and get back to, get back to the middle, basically. So. Yeah. And that's just not, that's not partisan talk. That's what academics and people who study this are saying we've actually been our democracy has been eroding for a very long time and it really just took the the double-edged sword uh, so to speak of the covid pandemic and a demagogue essentially to really mm. break us down to the point where it's very tenuous so we really need people who are willing to step up and run for office and put a stake in the ground for democracy and if you're anywhere near Southwest Florida, Cindy and I are more than willing to help you. We'll get you up and running and moving and right there with us, basically fighting a good fight for sure. Absolutely. Shh, stop. Hold on a second. Ugh, I have a little duck over here. I do sound like a duck. You do sound like a duck. Okay, little duck, go get in bed. I'll be right there. We're almost done. <laughs> All right. I, yeah, I'm pretty much, that was my last word, pretty much. So that was the last word. Get out there and fight with us. Yeah. Get out there and fight with us. Get in the trenches with us and we'll do some good for this world, basically. Yeah. This state, this country, this world. Yeah. So if you're ready to stand up and fight for the people, absolutely consider running for office. You can find information about the offices that are up for election in your jurisdiction at your local supervisors of elections. If you're here in Lee County, that's Lee.vote. You can look at the state of Florida, the Florida Department of Elections. The Division of Elections will have that information as well and be able to direct you to your local supervisors of elections. I guarantee that there are openings because there is a 2024 presidential campaign coming up. So there will be openings from mosquito commissioner to county commissioner city municipal state house and senate we have senate <laughs> congressional races ever every two years there is a place for you to run and there will be people here to support you and especially if you're a democrat i can tell you right now if you want to run for the florida legislature there are only three non-incumbent democrats who are registered <laughs> for state senate and only a handful more in the state house so we need you and you can contact me you can contact us here at the show also the democratic environmental caucus is involved in recruiting candidates just as we did in 2020 and had every single seat in the state State filled. So hopefully we'll be able to do that same thing again. And we would love to have you fight for democracy with us here in the state of Florida. Absolutely. Thank you very much for joining me again on another wonderful episode of Universal Basic Podcast. I've been Christopher Proya. And I'm Dr. Cindy Banyer. Thanks for joining us here. Be sure to check out all of the amazing podcasts and shows we have on Big Mouth Media at BigMouthMediaFL.com. You can get a subscription to this show for $2.99 a month or $29.99 a year, or you can get a subscription to all of our shows for the low price of $19.99 a month and the satisfaction of helping independent media in the state of Florida. So go ahead and check out all that we have on offer at www.bigmouthmediafl.com. And thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>